0: the gospel of Luke and uh, we're going to be in chapter one once again and there's this one verse that we're going to look at but we're going to uh, bring other passages uh, alongside that Luke chapter one the last time we met we uh, talked about what a lovely name or there is a name We remember the story, it's around the Christmas story, uh, is that the angel came and uh, told Mary that she was going to have a son and he he was going to call that baby boy Jesus. And we talked about what a name. There is a name I love to hear, the name of Jesus. When you talk about Jesus, it, it, it raises and brings a lot of things to your mind, does it not? For many of us, when we hear the name of Jesus, we think about He's my Savior. When we think about Jesus, some of us think about He's my healer. Some of you can give testimonies of how the Lord Jesus has uh, exercised His grace in your life. And so the name of Jesus is just a wonderful name. And so with that in mind, we're going to look and we're going to look at verse number 30. If you had to put a title on this evening's message, is a very simple title, Fear Not. Fear Not. In chapter number 1, verse number 30, the Bible tells us that the angel came and said unto Mary. And this is what the angel said. It said, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. I don't know about you, but that's so uh, one of the, uh, the one, most wonderful verses, just that one verse. See, isn't it something when you can be called by your name and behind your name, something like this will be said, and you have found favor with God. I don't know about you. I'm a people person. I like. I want people to like me. I really do. And most people oh, seem to like me, except for my family. My family hates me, but you know. But they have to live with me. But we all. And we can. We can go ahead and say all we want to. But we want people to like us, don't we? We want to find favor with people. Now, there's some that you're never going to find favor with. And there's some you're just not going to get along with. And just go ahead. I hate to burst your bubble, but there's going to be some people that just flat out don't like you. I know that's a shock to many of you, but that's just reality. And, and I want people to like me, but you want know, to there is, there is one person I really want to like me. And I want to find favor with, and his name is Jesus. And that's the one I want to find favor with. And so we see here, this, this is the Christmas story, oh, we see that this word or phrase, fear not, is used three times. It's used with Mary, it's used with Joseph, and it's used with the shepherds. When I thought about that word, fear not, I started thinking about this time of the year. Now, every one of us uh, has something that we're afraid of. You say, I ain't afraid of nobody. Well, you might not be afraid of somebody, but you're afraid of something. Some of you are fearful that you're reaching retirement age and you don't know if you're going to have enough money to live on. I mean, and pastor says, amen. I mean, we have that fear, do we not? Some of us have a fear that our health is not going to hold out. Oh, we have a fear that my child or my grandchildren are not going to go down the same paths that I've been trying to teach them. And I'm a a little afraid that they're going to uh, get off and and not uh, uh, follow the Lord Jesus and not be a part of the church family. We all have some fears. But here, it's interesting, is it not? This is around the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's a Christmas time. And we have things that we fear around Christmas time. We've already alluded to some. Some of you are fearful that you've missed somebody on your list. Some of you are fearful that you don't know what you're going to have for uh, when the family comes over. Uh, you, you don't know if you're going to have the right food because some like pecan pie, some like chocolate cake, some like this, some like that. And so what we're doing, because we want people to enjoy themselves, we work ourselves into a frenzy and that we got to have something for everybody. Guess what? I'm going to free you up. It's all right if someone doesn't get devil eggs for Christmas. It's not going to ruin their Christmas, okay? I mean, we, we, get, we have things that we fear. And so, the first of all, we don't need to fear this Christmas because God has a plan for your life. Notice here, uh, as you read the verses preceding and the verses afterwards, the angel came into Mary. And the Mary, uh, she was, uh, of course, gave the message that she was going to bear a child. And the Bible says she was troubled by the message. Now, ladies, I think that you would probably be troubled as well if you happen to go to the doctor, like uh, my wife did uh, some years ago, we uh, came up to, uh, we were still living in Florida at the time, and she got sick. I mean, she got sick. And so uh, she's, uh, uh, my mom, uh, we had Micah, it was, uh, uh, Rebecca had not arrived yet. And so uh, mom said, I'll take her to the emergency room. I mean, she was that sick. And so mom takes off with Donna. And uh, me and my dad, uh, and we had Micah. And uh, so back uh, three, four hours later, my mom comes into the kitchen and she's crying. And so I have, a, oh my God, she's fixing to say that Donna died. Or something. I mean, you know, I, I didn't know, I mean, mom's crying. And I'm thinking, oh, this is not good. And then Donna comes in behind her and she's crying. I thought, this is, oh man, this is horrible. This, something really bad has happened. And I said, What's wrong? And she said, I'm pregnant. <laughs> and I said, No. <laughs> and I started crying. And, and, my, and I looked at my dad and I said, How could this happen? He said, Son, if you don't know by now, I can't tell you. <laughs> I said, That's not what I meant, Daddy. <laughs> Now, I'm telling you, right there at the front, we were troubled. We were not. She had no clue. I said, how? And, you know, they was going to get her an x-ray. She had pneumonia, started start of pneumonia. They was on a chest x-ray. And, of course, they always ask, are you pregnant? They ask her that question. She says, no, I'm not pregnant. Because she, we, we didn't know she was pregnant. And, but they said, well, just a precaution. We're going to go ahead. Uh, and that's when they found, we found out. Now, I'm telling you, that troubled us. But can you imagine, here's Mary. She's getting the message, not from a doctor, but she's getting this message from an angel. Here, Mary, uh, likely she was 14, 15, 16, somewhere in that age group there. She's a, Of course, she's engaged to Joseph. And now she gets this news that she is pregnant. Now, she's not pregnant with just any boy. She's pregnant with the Lord Jesus. And so it troubled her. And that's when the angel said, Fear not, Mary, because you have found favor with God. I started thinking about this. And uh, ladies... I know that some of you have uh, plans. Mary had plans. Mary was fixing to be married with a man that she fell in love with. And I'm sure that Mary in her mind was thinking about, you know, I'm going to have a family, about raising the family. And uh, she had all kinds of plans. And I'm sure that uh, most of our young ladies, you think about that. You're thinking about if I can find Mr. Wright and, uh, you know, I'd like to settle down and, you know, have a nice home and have family and all that. And that's all well and good, and you should have plans, and it's okay to have plans like that. But I'm telling you, sometimes your plans are always not what God's plans are. Sometimes your life, just like in Mary's situation, your life completely changes just like that. Said so God, I didn't plan for this. I, I, I didn't. I didn't plan for or for this situation to come into my life. Fear not. God has a plan. Young ladies, uh, I want to hope you understand where I'm talking from, but it could very well be that maybe you have these plans and you want to do it the right way. But listen to me. Sometimes something unexpected comes into our life. Now sometimes it can be caused because of our actions and because of our sin. There's many a young lady who because of her sinfulness it gets involved with a young boy and the next thing you know, she's with a child. 15, 16 years old and here she is, still a child herself, but now she has the responsibilities... Of caring for a child. In many situations, we've heard it many times over, have we not? That the boy involved now completely removes himself from the picture. And there you are, and you're fixing to have a baby, and you're not even out of high school yet. Fear not even though that was not God's intention for you, aren't you glad that we serve a Lord who has grace and mercy and compassion? And when we mess things up, God still has a plan. I've talked to many young ladies when I was... Uh, in the uh, prison ministry many ladies who have grown up and they had guilt and because of their guilt they turned to uh, alcohol and and drugs and now they have an addiction problem and now because of their addiction problem they now have a criminal record and now they're being incarcerated and they're totally separated from their families and many of them would tell me as we got to know them a little bit better that the reason why they were turning to alcohol and drugs and other ways to relieve the stress and the guilt they had is because of something happened when they were 14, 15, 16 years old. Didn't mean for it to happen, but it happened. And now they're in a situation and they really don't know what to do. And many of these ladies decided to abort that little child. And because of that, they're 30 and 40 years old and they're incarcerated because they didn't know what to do and that just seemed like the best thing for them to do. But then they realize their actions cause the death of an innocent child. And the guilt and the shame is eating them alive. Fear not. Even though you do not intend for that to play out, it's happened. If you're here tonight... And maybe in your past, something like that, a story that you can relate to, and you feel unworthy, you feel dirty, you feel guilty, and you just feel like God can't use somebody like me. I've messed up and I have did something that I wish I'd never done. I got good news for you, fear not. God still can forgive and God can heal and God can restore you and God can still use you. Fear not. Sometimes the best laid plans do not come to fruition and we don't understand. Maybe it was not a plan like that, but it was a plan where we really were wanting to do the right thing, but something happened and a curveball got thrown and my life is turned upside down. Let me let you understand. Do not fear. God has a plan. And so Mary, here she is. She's with a child and she's uh, troubled by it, but of course, we see later on God uh, had a plan for her life, but there was somebody else involved in this. And this is a second reason why we need to fear not, is that we do not need to fear not because God has a purpose. Now, we're in Joseph, Joseph's situation. You'll find uh, that the angel came to visit him. We find that in Matthew chapter number 1. And in uh, chapter uh, number one of Matthew, it talks about uh, Joseph and uh, gives uh, indications about Joseph and talks about where Joseph came. He uh, came from his lineage. Uh, Joseph now, uh, the angels come to him and uh, he realizes, he gets news that he is engaged Oh, girl, the girl that he loved, the girl that he's engaged with, she now has been pronounced as pregnant. Oh, you're talking about a troubled man. He's troubled. He said, how can this happen? I, I, I know our relationship and our relationship's been pure. And now he has a little limb on his hand. Some of you, as you go through life, you have something that comes into your life that you did not prepare for and you get in the dilemma. You've got to make a hard decision. Here, Joseph, he is only has only two options. The first option is that he could go ahead and he could uh, uh, put her away privately where nobody would know about it uh, and, and then we could work that out. But then there's a second option that he had. He publicly could, uh, could go ahead and divorce her even though they were not uh, married. Understand the engagement uh, and, and what they were talking about is different than what we're uh, used to in our uh, times here. But he could publicly uh, go ahead and say that he uh, is going to get rid of her. Uh, the reason is because uh, she's been with someone else uh, and uh, he could do that. But of course he risked That he's going to uh, shame her in a public way. But also, according to Deuteronomy chapter 24, she could be stoned to death. So Joseph now, he has to make a decision. What do I do? Uh, he's troubled by the news. He un- doesn't understand. Uh, he loves this girl. But now he's thinking, oh, I just don't understand. Why, God, why? Why is this going on in my life? And, of course, he understands the story as he uh, unfolds. But we're here at the outset. And many of the times when we're going through our life, what we're going through, we're coasting through. Uh, Everything seems to be going well. Everything's, uh, the kids are healthy. There's money in the bank. I got a good job. Everything's going well at the church. Everything's going well at home. And then all of a sudden, bam, something hits me blindsided. It's called life. It's called life. So Joseph here is not alone alone. We see in Job chapter 14, verse number 1. We all know the story of Job. The Bible says that Job was a righteous man. But of course, he gets thrown a curveball. One that we cannot even comprehend. Here's a man that loved the Lord Jesus, loved Him with all of his heart, and now he loses everything. Just like that. And Job, there in chapter 14, verse 1 says, He says that a man has just a few days and they're all full of trouble. I can identify at times with Job, can you not? I mean, we all, not to this extent, but we all can testify, can we not? that something happened in my life and it was something that caught us completely off guard. I don't understand why it came into my life. I don't understand why uh, my life is turned upside down. Many of you, it could be that you were uh, faithful to the Lord Jesus. You served Him and uh, you honored Him and you were raising your children the right way and you were doing everything you were supposed to do. And bam, out of nowhere... Trouble comes. Ecclesiastes in chapter 2. We've been going through this in our Sunday school class. But in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse number 23, uh, Solomon uh, is raising this question. He makes this statement. He says, and all the days, all of man's days are all but troubled. We see it all through the Bible Elijah is an example. Elijah saw the fire of God fall from heaven. I mean, he saw a a, a miracle and he was on a mountaintop experience. And a a few verses later, we see that he's wanting to go ahead and die because something came into his life that he was not expecting and something that he could not handle. And we need to understand tonight when trouble comes into our lives... We're going to have to handle it or it will handle us. We got a choice in this matter. Joseph, he had something that he did not know how to deal with. But yet, we see it many times over. In Ecclesiastes, and that's fresh on my mind, we're going through that in our Sunday school, but uh, we're in chapter uh, number seven, and he talks about it doesn't seem like, I look down the road there with an unrighteous man, a man that doesn't love God, and doesn't give the time of day for God, and, and he's living it up, man. He's, he. It looks like everything's going well with him. He, he has a nice car, and uh, he doesn't have to worry about if i got to get the booster, cables out uh, to get this the started because I can't afford a battery because I just don't have the funds or uh, he looks and he gets in and he's got those nice rims and I can barely keep mine air in my tires and I can't afford to go and buy a set of tires because I don't have the money and I, God it just doesn't seem right. Here he is and I know he's, uh, he's a, a pagan but yet he's living it up and it seems like he's prospering here I am and I'm trying to serve you God and I don't understand why has this trouble come? My dear friend, fear not. God has a purpose. God has a purpose. We all understand in Romans chapter 8 where it says, And all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. Notice the word all. He said all things work together for Good, and I'll be the first one in this room to testify to the fact I've had some things come into my life where I just had to have a talk with Jesus and I had to say, Jesus, I just don't understand this. I really don't know why I'm in this situation. I'll just go ahead, and I may allude it to, and i try not to talk about uh, the, my vision problems, but it, reality is reality. When I first uh, got wind of that, and especially I knew I was not seeing well, and then I go to the doctor and he says, you're not seeing well. And I said, I know that. I, I, I did, I'm, I'm paying you to tell me that. I know I don't see well. And he says, here's the cause of it. And he says, there's no way to restore it matter of fact it could get worse and i'm just going to be honest with you i started questioning god god i don't understand this why has this come into my life i started talking to some uh, folks and not a whole lot but i talked to one man that i have a, a lot of confidence in he's a godly man and i just said i just don't understand He says, what have you been saying? I said to God, God, why me? Why me? He says, brother, you should be asking, why not you? Why do we think just because we're serving the Lord and we love the Lord Jesus Christ that we're immune from troubles? Some will say, well, God must be punishing you. You must be doing something wrong. well, that's just real stupid. And I know I'm not supposed to use that word. I get reprimanded at home by saying it. But in this case, that is a stupid reply. Because here's what we need to resolve in tonight. That our rewards, even though we may get some down here, the best is yet to come. Amen. And all this down here is temporary. Amen. But what we have in the Lord Jesus Christ is for eternal. Amen. And so I came across a, a verse here that helped me. I, I want you to go ahead. And get your Bibles. Open them up to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. And you're going to find yourself in verse uh, chapter number 4. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Now find Verse number 14. Everybody there? This is what the Bible says. Now here's the question. Joseph. Joseph is being dealt a, a set of cards that he did not intend to have. He wasn't, he was, he, he wasn't looking for this. He's in a dilemma. He's, he's troubled. What do I do? Second Corinthians chapter four, verse one, number fourteen says, "Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us." Are you? Are, apparently, y'all not reading the same text I'm reading. We got trouble. You're in a dilemma. You're in a situation in your life, you don't understand why things are happening. He says, Knowing this, the one that raised the Lord Jesus shall raise us up also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things, say that with me, all things. Do you believe that? All things. For all things. Not for good things. Not for things that are are, are pleasant. He says, for all things are for your sakes. What's that telling us? Here's what it's telling me is, whatever comes into your life, God has a purpose for it. And he will turn what you perceive as evil, he can turn it into good. Joseph is a prime example, is he not? Joseph didn't do anything wrong. But he had trouble right after trouble after trouble. But he understood that the Lord Jesus, the one that he serves, is a good God. He's a God of grace. and He's a God of mercy. He's a God that knows. I mean, sometimes we act, when we have troubles come into our life, sometimes we act like, well, maybe God got caught off guard as well as I did. No, He knew exactly what was going to come into your life. Well, why didn't He do something about it? Who says He hasn't done something about it? You just haven't seen it yet. Okay, he says, for your sakes, that the abundant grace. Notice he puts the word abundant in front of grace. See, that's the reason why Paul says when he had trouble come into his life, we don't know if it was uh, physical. We don't know if it was spiritual. But he had trouble and he prayed three times. You all know the story. He prayed three times. God, take it out. God, take it out. God, take it out. And then on the third time, Paul said this. But your grace... Is sufficient. See, sometimes God's not going to remove something out of your life that you think needs to be removed out of your life because He has a purpose for it, allowing that to come into your life. And the purpose that He has in store for you is to solidify your faith and to make you stronger. And we don't want that. How many times have you learned a, a lesson? A spiritual lesson when everything was going well. Not very many. Matter of fact, I told my class this morning. That's exactly where we at, or where we at, uh, where we are at, uh, where we at. I'm, I'm talking like my grandchildren now. Uh, where, where we are at, because God has prospered us, the United States of America. I'm truly convinced the reason why we're where we're at is because we honored God. Our founding fathers, not all of them were believers, but all of them were influenced by the gospel. Every one of them. And they would dare not, even non-believers would dare not go against the law of God. And that's the reason why God made us to where we're at. But I'm telling you, we're fast drifting away from that. And you better hang on. And we've already been reminded of that. Better hang on. It's going to get worse because we're getting further and further away from God. And we haven't learned a blessed thing in our prosperity. But I guarantee you, we will learn some things in our adversity You can go all around the world and you can go to ones that will say, they don't have anything. I've been to places like Venezuela and Brazil where you had dirt floors, where you had no windows, where where we look at them and say, they're poor people. But they were happy in the Lord and they didn't miss a service. We had revival services where they had to walk for two hours to get there and two hours back. We had week-long revival service that lasted two and a half hours. And after the two and a half hour service, they had to walk another two hours to get back home. They were there every night. Do you see that happening where we live today? We can't even drive ten minutes from here every night. Why? Because we have been too prosperous. I'm telling you. When adversity comes, that's when our true colors will show. And so he says here, uh, that for your sakes, that the abundant grace. He says, I'm allowing all things. I'm allowing this to come in your life. Why? Because you would understand how amazing my grace is. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. I don't know about you, but I really like that line. I was blind, but now I see. Oh, one day I will be able to see. But I'm telling you, you do not have to have physical eyesight to see God. He's working in our lives, and we've missed many times because of our prosperity. So he goes on, he says, Abundant grace made through the thanksgiving of many redone uh, redone, uh, to the glory of God. When I get excited, I start getting my words mixed up. So I'm not speaking in tongues. Joseph was in a dilemma but he trusted God. My dear friend, you have trouble in your life. If you do not, you will. Church, we're going to have difficult days. But fear not. God has a plan. God has a purpose. But the third God's presence. We don't need to fear because of God's presence. Now, we understand very quickly, we go to the angel, uh, the, uh, the shepherds. The shepherds were out in the field. You find this in Luke chapter 2, starting with verse number 8, going through verse number 20. And the angel came, the angels came, and of course, the shepherds. So we've already been uh, taught that the shepherds were the outcast of society there. There were the outcast. Nobody wanted to be a shepherd. Nobody wanted the food with the shepherds. But not only were they social outcasts, they were spiritual outcasts as well. Because of their position, they could not be involved in the ceremonies at the temple. Nobody wanted them around. Isn't it interesting that The angels came to the shepherds, the outcast. Oh, this is where you can have you a little Holy Ghost spell right here. May I remind you that each and every one of us here tonight were spiritual outcasts. The Bible says that we were dead in our trespasses. The Bible says that we were enemies of God. I'm telling you, we do not need to fear because the presence of God can be shown to us that are outcasts. Aren't you glad that at one time you were an outcast, but the Lord Jesus appeared to you and spoke to you and knocked on your heart's door. Aren't you glad that you came to a church where social outcasts were welcome? But may I remind you, and I'm not trying to talk about other churches, but there are just some churches in this town that would not accept some of you. I'm just going to go and tell you. They've told me. I met with their pastors and they said, hey, we don't want none of your people. I said, well, we don't want some of them either. But no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But I'm telling you, fear not. Because the presence of the Lord can be revealed to you. And even while you were yet a sinner, Christ loved you enough to die for you, he died for the outcast. Aren't you glad he died for the outcast? And so as we see the, but notice here, uh, why why were they why were they separated? Well, because uh, folks believed that they were defiled. They believed they were dirty. I remember. Growing up, and my mom and dad meant well, but uh, there were just certain people they didn't want us to hang out with. And uh, for good reason. Now, at the time, I didn't know what the reason was, and it wasn't a good reason for me. My mom would find out that I was uh, hanging out with some hoodlums. Uh, as she would refer to them as, and I thought they were pretty cool guys. You know, I kind of wanted to be like them. I wanted to be cool. I wanted to wear uh, my jeans and the T-shirt, and uh, you know, and I wanted to, and I, I never did smoke, but I thought it'd be cool. I'd get me a pack of cigarettes and roll them up, even though I didn't smoke. I just thought it was cool, and, and, and that's the kind of uh, people I Well, my mama found out. And uh, I come home from school and she says, who you been hanging out with? And of course, I said, well, you know, I'm blah, blah, blah. she says, well, I heard. Now, isn't it interesting? Children, you will, you will understand it when you get to be parents. But I found it quite interesting that my parents knew who I hung out with. And I didn't even tell them. I came to find out when I was a child that my parents knew everything. They knew everywhere I went everything I did and I'm thinking how can that be now that I've become a parent and a grandparent? I understand it. Parents, am I not true? You know when your kids are not doing right don't you? You just know and and you have uh, children young people just go ahead write it down we have spies (laughs) your parents have paid people private investigators they're following you every single moment of the day so you better straighten your act up because they will give a report to your parents and then you'll have to deal with your parents. I'm just letting you know, we all have private investigators following you. Am I right, parents? And all the parents said, amen. All right. But, uh, but he, uh, she did why? Because she knew them by their character. Now also... This is not in my notes, but it just kind of came to me. They also could size them up by their appearance. Now, this is where people get nervous. (laughs) You can tell. It says, no, you can't judge a book by its cover. I understand that. I understand that fully. But I'm telling you, it can give you a pretty good idea it can give you a pretty good idea. If my boy was to bring a girl home that had the uh, Daisy Dukes on and, uh, you know, in the, uh, uh, the top that, uh, you know, you just no imagination. And I'm not trying to get uh, detailed here. But I'm telling you what, I'm going to have a talk with that boy. I'm going to say, I've just got an inkling feeling she is not in Sunday school somewhere. Am, am I right? <laughs> Unless you go to a contemporary church. <laughs> then they don't care what you look like. But here, they were outcast. What separ- why did people separate from them? Because of their character and because of their appearance, because of their smell. My dear friend, when you're were lost without Jesus Christ, you were separated not from people necessarily, but you were separated from God. I was separated from God. How could that be? Because God's holy. And sin cannot cohabitate with holiness. Isaiah chapter 59 verse number 2 tells us that, that there was a separation and our sin is what separated us. So you're here tonight, you don't need to fear, God has a plan. You're here tonight, you don't need to fear, God has a purpose. You're here tonight and you don't need to fear because God will present himself to you. But my dear friend, there is one, maybe two, maybe three that are here tonight that you better have something to fear and you better fear the Lord God. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 10 of uh, verse number four, uh, uh, chapter nine of uh, verse number four, uh, 10, nine, 10, if I can get it right, he says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You're here denying you're lost, and you do not know Jesus Christ in a personal way. You do have something to fear. Because the Bible is quite clear that if you die without Jesus Christ, You have a place waiting for you called hell. It's a place of torment. It's a place where the fire will never be distinct. It will never go out. My dear friend, you need to understand you can be the best person you can be. You could be on your a class row. You could be on the church row. But if you do not have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you're an enemy of God. And if you die without knowing Jesus Christ, you will burn in eternity forever and forever and forever. You have something to fear tonight. But I got good news. You don't have to fear. If you just give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. We're fixing to go in an invitation. And this invitation is for you, lost person. This invitation is for you that you can come to know a loving God. A God who died for you. A God who shed his blood for the remission of your sin. That A God that loves you so much that He sent His only begotten Son. And He was born in a manger. But the reason why He came to be born is so that He could die and die for you. You could get saved tonight. And if you get saved tonight, then you could be with the rest of us who profess Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. You can say, fear not, because God has a plan for my life. Fear not because God has a purpose for my life. I don't fear the presence of God. As a matter of fact, I want to welcome the presence of God. But you can't do that unless you know Him in a personal way.